about forgiving ourselves, though. We are both subject and object at the same time. Now, logically, that's a problem. Subject and object can only exist in relationship to each other, so it's impossible for them to be the same thing. Who, then, when we're talking about forgiving ourselves, is doing the forgiving, and who is being forgiven? And to whom or to what are we appealing when we ask ourselves for forgiveness? This is not just an interesting philosophical question. It has much to do with the practicalities of self-forgiveness, for it looks as though, in acting as both the forgiver and the forgiven, we are trying to be prosecutor, judge, jury, witness and defendant, all in the same case. And we also lose the distinction between forgiveness and reconciliation. This is a real conundrum, as we shall see, and it accounts for why self-forgiveness is so much more difficult than general forgiveness. Whomever you ask, nearly everyone will say that they find it much easier to forgive others than to forgive themselves. Also, unless we know who is talking to whom inside our heads, it will be difficult to have a reasonable conversation and impossible to find any common ground in the argument. So the question, who is forgiving whom, becomes even more interesting. That's because The moment we begin to attempt a definition of self, we soon come to realize that we are not a singular self at all. We are, in fact, a whole community of selves. And the multitude of selves seldom agree with each other. They all have different agendas, which means that at any moment they will be arguing different and even opposing cases. The internal conflict going on inside our heads can be overwhelming. So what we have then is a whole bunch of archetypal subpersonalities in there, all of which have their own way of being and acting. They include the critical parent, the professor, the princess, the clown, the snoop, the perfectionist, the boss, the preacher, the queen, the damsel in distress, the white knight, the rebel, the snob, and so on. At any appropriate moment, any one of those archetypal selves can arise and become dominant. They can also form alliances and committees and have all sorts of different agendas. So the question we are left with is, what hope is there in appealing for self-forgiveness to a crowd like that, especially when we're using traditional forgiveness? And I'm telling you now, it's virtually impossible. There are so many different selves in our heads, the chances of any agreement to allow the forgiveness to actually occur is virtually nil. The inner judge will never agree, and the inner critic will find all sorts of reasons not to grant you forgiveness. The clown won't take you seriously for a moment, and will simply make a joke. So your claim gets laughed out of court. The perfectionist can only see you as basically flawed. The critical parent takes it as an accusation about him or her being a bad parent, so that won't work, and the martyr lives to see you damned. I could go on and on, but I think you get the point. This mob mentality within is the reason that people find it so terribly hard to forgive themselves. They just get stuck in this perpetual cycle of self-blame, guilt and self-recrimination that they can't get out of because this internal conflict never stops. It's hopeless. But with radical self-forgiveness, there is hope. And let me tell you why. With traditional forgiveness, you are making your appeal for self-forgiveness to your human self 
the crowd inside your head. When you use the tools of radical self-forgiveness, on the other hand, you are making your appeal to your I am self, your spiritual self, your higher self, if you will. The I am self exists apart from the human self and is the part of you that is connected to universal intelligence. Your I am self is the part of you that was there before you incarnated and will exist after you have dropped your body, along with the raucous mob that imagined itself as you. The I am self is your true self, and it knows who you are, why you came here, and it loves you unconditionally. So of course it will grant you forgiveness, because it already sees you as perfect in every way. That's why I say that when we use the tools of radical forgiveness and radical self-forgiveness, we are engaging in what I call secular...